Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. This podcast is designed to hold space for honest conversations. From purity culture to faith, sexuality, relationships, identity, culture, deconstruction, and more. My hope is to look doubt in the face, be curious, seek God, and ask meaningful questions to address any elephant in the room with openness, nuance, and grace. I won't pretend to be an expert and definitely don't have all the answers. And though it may feel easier and more comfortable to exist in the black and white, I invite you to discover God with me in the gray and unexpected spaces. So whoever you are, whatever you do or don't believe, you are welcome here and have a seat at this table. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes, so each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And while you're at it, if you feel so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and written review. It would be so helpful to get our message out there. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and a special thank you and shout out to Newsstand Studio at One Rock Center for producing this episode of the Refined Collective. Thank you so, so much. You can go ahead and follow along with Rockefeller and see what is going on in Manhattan, New York on Instagram at Rockefeller Center or on Twitter at Rock Center NYC. It's a Sunday morning and I woke up just feeling heavy. I'm going through days where I still feel a lot of sadness about not dating the guy I was dating. And I think I get into this like shame cycle when that happens because there will be days when I don't think about him or definitely days I don't think about him as much and feel like the distance energetically growing between us and that feels like good and healthy. And then there's these other moments where I'm just like hit with sadness and it just feels really hard. And what I know about sadness and grief is that it's like a wave. The more I resist the wave, like the harder it actually is and the more painful it actually is. And if I allow myself just to feel it, not wallow, but like feel what I'm feeling and put words to the sadness, it does pass. But it means me giving myself the permission to move through there or having the courage to move through those feelings when like, I don't want to feel sadness. (laughs) I don't want to feel heaviness. My ego definitely does not want me to feel hung up on a guy that for all intents and purposes, I don't think is hung up on me. But I also can't read minds and I don't know where he's at. And it's just not fair. I think a huge part of where I'm at now in the process is Yes, feeling sadness that things didn't work with him, but I think even greater what he represented. I can't remember if I've shared this or not, but I think for a really long time, I struggled with feeling unworthy of love, feeling unworthy of the type of guy that I longed for. I had this belief that if I was going to get married, that there was going to be some sort of like massive compromise, like Either he'd be like a really great guy and I wouldn't be attracted to him at all, or I'd be attracted to him and we'd have fun, but he'd be like a total dick. And I couldn't even imagine a guy that was like a man of integrity, a man of God, like fun, playful, sexy, like all these things. Like I could not imagine, quote unquote, a guy like that liking a girl like me as if I'm some unworthy peasant. But 
in doing work over the years, I've come to a place not where I am like have this inflated sense of self. I still have massive insecurities, but somehow in the last few years that unworthiness has like flipped to the other side of the spectrum and I don't totally know what it's called. I also just don't totally know if it's some sort of other unworthy conversation. It's definitely a scarcity and fear and maybe even victim mindset. But the other conversation that I've been in for a few years now is I don't know if anyone's good enough for me. (laughs) I don't know if there exists a type of guy out there that I want that I'm looking for. And I've joked in the last few years that I've been this, the queen of the first dates, you know, like I've gone on so many first dates and can't really seem to get past the first date, primarily because I was not interested. And it was probably an equal level of interest on both parts. That's not totally true. Like I dated a guy in New York a couple years ago that I really, really liked and was shocked when things didn't go past first date. But for the most part, I have felt like, man, is there a guy out there that like loves God, that has integrity, that's not a weirdo, that's not like this super like Trump is God's gift to the universe or like COVID doesn't exist or all of that stuff. And I think I've just felt what I've realized is on both sides of the spectrum, I'm discouraged. On both sides of the spectrum, like I'm agreeing with scarcity and I'm agreeing with lack. It's like faith believes in possibility and faith believes in abundance and that like God came to give us this abundant life. And on both sides of that conversation, like I am out of agreement and out of alignment with abundance. I don't think I realized also how much like a self-preservation strategy that was for me to believe, oh, like, well, there's no guy out there that I'm going to like, because really then if that's the conversation, then when I don't get what I want, when I don't meet the guy that I want there's like a sadness, right? Like uh, the price I'm paying for not getting what I want is a sadness, but the reward I'm getting for believing that there may not be a guy out there that I would want is like, I get an inflated sense of self. At least like I feel like really good about myself. And so that's pride, that's ego. Unless the price outweighs the reward, like our behaviors don't change, right? I don't want to be an ego in either of the conversations with men or really in any area of my life meeting this guy last year, like awoke something in my heart that I didn't know had been asleep. Like there's this chamber of my heart that is called possibility that woke up. And even though the timing was all off and there was so much that clearly it didn't work out, right? And I don't know if I'll ever even see this guy again, you know? We were both coming from really hard places, but what it awakened in me is that there are really great guys out there. And there are incredible men of God, incredible men of integrity who are playful and sexy and fun. And like, if there's one, then there's more than one. Like as much as we all want to be like the unicorns and the one in a million, God is a God of abundance, right? And so I think more so what I am moving through right now when these waves of grief come up like this morning is just feeling like... It's so easy for me to go back into this dip of, oh my gosh, it took me like 36 years to meet one guy like this. Like, how am I ever going to meet anyone else like this? Feeling that wave of sadness. And I think what I'm just curious about in my own story is like, how do I let myself grieve with like out going down this like shame spiral? And also allowing myself to grieve without making it about this particular guy. 
Because yes, I am sad that it didn't work out with this guy. I think he's like so special and amazing. But also like he is the access point for so much growth for me right now. Like he's the catalyst and I'm doing a disservice to myself, to the growth, to the invitations that God has for me. If I just make it all about him. Well, I'm just not about him. No, like actually what it's bringing up for me is, man, I'm sad that it didn't work out with a great guy. I'm sad that I'm 36 and single. I'm sad that I'm living in a new city and don't have a lot of friends and don't really know how to make friends right now. And that this person that had become my friend for the better part of a year is no longer in my life. Like a confidant, a friend. I think so much of the time, like I want to make him the face of the problem. But really when I shift and make the experience, the access point for my growth, it really shifts everything. And so that's like not really totally what I wanted to talk with you about this morning. What I wanted to talk with you about is this like in-between space that I'm in. And to be frank, all of this sounds like really vulnerable to be talking to you about because I think I've positioned myself to you as a leader, this coach, this person that has the answers. Like, let me do Mentor Mondays and answer your questions with such ease. And and I realized that like when I zoom out to be a leader doesn't mean you have to have all the answers. In fact, one of the things that drives me nuts about leaders is inauthenticity and people not being real about what's going on in their real lives. And when I see someone really share their pain and their struggle, it actually doesn't disqualify their leadership. It qualifies. It qualifies them for me. When I read a book and someone's talking about, oh, well, someone in my life went through a breakup or someone in my life struggles with addiction or someone, I heard once this story, I'm like, like I call bull on the whole thing. Yet, I've allowed myself to get to this place in The Refined Woman, in this podcast, where I have felt like I needed to know all the answers in order to feel worthy enough of you. And I guess what I'm doing right now is like calling bullshit on myself. Like, I don't need to have it all together. And it's like, I even feel like silly and shameful for saying that because it feels so like basic 101 of like things that I teach, but realizing, oh my gosh, like I did let myself get back into this realm of like feeling like I have to have all the answers and I can't really share with you. And I don't feel like I have all the answers or I don't want to share with you that when I woke up this morning and felt really sad, like the first thing I wanted to do was Insta stock <laughs> my ex, but I actually can't because he's blocked on Instagram. And so, so I was really proud of myself for not unblocking him and and not looking like that felt like a huge win. And instead, I reached out to one of my girlfriends and I FaceTimed her and I was like, I'm just feeling really sad this morning. It's about him, but it's not about him. And it's about like me feeling sad. Ooh, I feel emotional. And I said, I just feel alone. And I know it's not always going to be like this, but I just feel sad. And she didn't try to fix me. She didn't try to like make it better or right. She just listened to me and was like, you're right. It is really hard. And it is really hard to feel alone. And it is really hard to feel like you've believed for something for so long. And then you get a taste of it. And then you feel like it's taken away from you. Or maybe it was taken away from you. And then you also kind of pushed it away because you were scared. And so there's regret and shame in there. She was just with me in it. It felt like really healing. Like it did make it better. Like I felt really held and I felt like 
I was able to like hold myself while she was holding me. And that felt really powerful. And what I just wanted to do right now is apologize for it, but I'm not going to. Um, but I think what else it's it's been bringing up in me is just this feeling of like loneliness that I feel in my life. Like I am literally sitting in my closet on a Sunday morning by myself recording this podcast episode and I have no notes. I just felt like maybe I just like record this, see if anyone else feels this way. Because for the last 20 years on a Sunday morning, like I would be at church right now. Or uh, let's be real, when I lived in New York, I was going to church at nighttime. But I feel like I'm in this hard place processing through a lot of this grief. And, you know, I moved to Austin a year and a half ago, September 2020, but all of 2021, I was spending two to two and a half weeks a month in New York shooting for Rockefeller. And I'm still doing that, but I'm only taking one trip a month or that's the goal this year. Like I have two sisters in Austin, which I'm so grateful for. And I have like three friends. You know, my sisters are busy and like my youngest sister that's here is a sophomore in college and, you know, she's having her college experience. My other sister works, you know, we hang out like maybe once a week. I have these three friends that I really enjoy, but, you know, we'll probably see them. It's like once a week, like one or two of them once a week. I got to the end of my year and I was just like, I don't know how to make friends anymore. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm gone all the time. I'm traveling all the time. And when I moved to Austin, it was still mid pandemic. I didn't want to rejoin Equinox because it was like 200 bucks a month. And I was traveling a lot to New York, which was expensive for work. Gyms are closed. So that was a huge way in New York that I made friends was via going to the gym or the yoga studio. That was kind of taken away. And then I also have a gym at my condo complex that's free. And then I was gifted a SoulCycle bike because of my blog. And so it's like, man, I have these things that I can do for free. Why would I pay $200 a month to work out at a gym? And then I tried to go to a couple churches in Austin. It just didn't feel right. I want to share like more fully on another episode, like why I am having space from the church or basically like why I left the church to find God. That's a whole other conversation. But all that to be said is like, I don't feel comfortable in the church right now, but like, I love God. I love Jesus, love the Holy Spirit. And yet I realized like, man, that's like another huge loss of community. And I used to judge people like, why are you going to church? If the church is like just your social hour, like get a better hobby. <laughs> and now I, here I am a year and a half into not going to church. I'm like, crap, like, I don't know how to make friends. Like I'm not going to church. Like I haven't been going to a gym. I have these like a few friends that are great, but like we all travel a lot and, you know, a couple of them have significant others. And it's like, man, if they're busy, then I'm like kind of shit out of luck. And so I'm working by myself during the day or I'm recording podcasts in the closet or creating online internet, Instagram or Zoom workshop content. And then I get to the end of my day and I'm like doing a workout by myself. I'm like, can anyone hang out? And it kind of feels like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it's no secret that health and wellness are a huge priority to me, as well as a consistent morning routine. I started using Athletic Greens this year to take care of my gut health. So here's my morning ritual. I wake up, put lotion on my face, and then put a scoop of Athletic Greens into a glass of water and then go to my couch and have my daily time with God. With one yummy scoop of Athletic Greens, I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Honestly, what better way to start the day? What I love about Athletic Greens is that it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or if you're gluten-free like me. As we head into flu season, reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash cat. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash cat, K-A-T, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're more connected than ever, thanks to the internet. So then why does it feel like so many of us are more lonely than we've ever been? Do you long for meaningful friendships, but struggle with how to make them, how to keep them, and know when it's time to walk away from certain relationships? You see, I've found that we're intentional about our careers, our faith, and even our dating lives, physical and mental health, but no one really tells us how to be an adult friend. I don't know about you, but my friendships have shifted so much over the last few years with the pandemic, with the cross-country move, and I've found this, that adult friendships can be hard. I have found that friendship breakups are painful. I've experienced multiple of them in the last year. Moving to a new city, I've been insecure and unsure. How do I even meet friends? And To be frank, I've been more lonely in this season than I have in maybe my whole life. And the more I've thought about this and talked with my friends, the more I have found, I think a lot of us are feeling this way. So I decided to do something about it. Every month I do a live online workshop with a friend of mine. And this Thursday, February 24th, from 8.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am partnering with my friend and licensed therapist, Blake Blankenbeckler, for the Friendship Workshop, Adult Friendships 101, How to Make and Keep Friends, How to Fight Fair, and When to Know to Walk Away from a Friendship. There is going to be so much goodness in this workshop. I cannot wait to dig in. I cannot wait to lead with you. I cannot wait to learn from Blake. And so if you're interested and want to sign up for this workshop, go to bit.ly slash TRW friends. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash TRW friends. And I hope to see you there. What I'm trying to share is that I feel like in this in-between space right now of not really knowing where I fit in in the Christian world and being glad that I don't fit in with it because there's so much about American, Western, evangelical Christian culture that literally makes me want to barf and that I think we're getting so wrong. Like we're totally missing the mark. And I'm like, I don't want to fit in with you. But then the other part of me is like, but I miss hanging out with you. It's like, you like want to be invited to the party on Friday night, but you don't really want to go because you want to watch Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> but you at least want to have the option to turn it down. I just feel like I'm in a place where I'm just alone a lot. I know it's good because a huge reason why I left the church is I was like, God, who are you and I together? 
Jesus, what do I believe about you? God, Holy Spirit, is the Bible as trustworthy as I always thought it was? Like, God, you and I need to like figure out a relationship. It's like the couple who looks like they're okay on Instagram, but then you hang out with them in person in real life and you're like, do they even like each other? Like, I feel really uncomfortable. And so I felt like, you know, who am I? outside of leading a small group, attending a small group, doing prayer ministry, attending prayer ministry, leading trainings, attending trainings. Like, who am I outside all of that? And who am I outside of all these systems and structures within a lot of the church that is really hurting a lot of people? And what do I really believe outside of what the group think of what my congregation or community believes believes? Am I allowed to ask the questions that I'm really afraid to ask? And is God big enough to meet me in those questions? And if not answer them, at least be with them and with me. And so I'm in that place a lot. But in that, like I wake up on a Sunday morning feeling sad and alone and depressed and single as all get out. And let me tell you what I did the first thing. I know I'm not in a good place when I wake up in the morning and instantly open up Instagram. I usually try to wait an hour There's this super cute couple that I follow that they seem like really, really wonderful and actually like really authentic and and lovely. And they have a marriage podcast and they've been married for less than two years. And I was like, I know it's going to be a really good idea. When I'm feeling really sad about being single today, I'm going to listen to a couple who's been married for two seconds give marriage advice. And I was listening to it for like five minutes and I was like, this is not good for my heart. They're like, I just wish like... Someone would have told me to like embrace my singleness more because like it really is like such a special season. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to punch you in the freaking nose as I lay in my king bed alone this morning. I guess I'm just trying to figure out like, what does this in-between space look like? And so much of my time I'm talking to you, I'm just literally talking to a wall or my puffer jacket in the closet. And I guess I just want to know where you're at. Like, are you still going to church? Are you having a hard time making friends? Like, I feel like I'm 36 and I'm like, I'm like shit out of ideas right now. Like, I went to an Orange Theory class this week because I was like, I don't know, maybe I just need to like do a group fitness class and like try to meet people. And I was meeting with the trainer before and after the Orange Theory class. And they're like, what are your fitness goals? And how committed do you are them? I was like, listen, dude, I'm just trying to make a friend. That is my fitness goal right now. Like, I'm just trying to like go to group fitness classes and not appear creepy so that at some point I can make a friend. But I don't know what that looks like. And I guess... I'm reaching out to you asking like, what does it look like in your life right now? I know that my life is not going to be fixed when or if I meet a significant other. Like, it's just not. Like, I just know that. I know that there's purpose in the pause I'm taking from being a part of the church. And part of the purpose in that is me realizing like how beautiful and sweet and amazing it is to be around other people who do share your faith and that you can can encourage each other. One of the things that I've started doing in the last month is just telling my three friends, hey, I'm going to be blasting worship music at my house at 6.30 on Sunday night. And I'm just going to be like listening and singing, maybe dancing or doing some yoga poses in the kitchen. And I'm going to be praying. And, you know, if you want to join me, like, come join me. We're just going to pray for each other. And, 
Like if you have a word, if you want to share a poem, if you want to share a Bible verse, if you want to share anything, share it. And so far the last few weeks, it's just been me and my one other friend. But tonight it's going to be my three friends and myself. So there's going to be four. So basically my home church has doubled in two weeks. So welcome to how to build a home church and double in two weeks. I don't really have much more to say except for I just want to know where you're at. I want to know what does your life look like? Like, is this a community where we can like build some of that together? Like, I want to. I want friends. (laughs) I want friends who are like in that in-between space with me. You know, like maybe you don't feel comfortable in the church or maybe you do, but feel like you don't have the permission to ask the questions you're trying to ask. And like, maybe this can be a safe place for you. Or maybe you wake up on a Sunday morning like me and you feel sad and you almost look at your ex's Instagram, even though you know it won't be helpful for you. And you decide not to. And you reach out to a friend and you ask for support or you just like let them be with you. I guess like I want to be a person who can be with you in that. And what I don't want to do is like instantly like switch gears right now and go into like, and here's how I can help you. Cause I just feel like right now, I just don't have a lot of answers. I just don't. I have a lot of questions and that's where I'm at. I know it's a good place. I know it's a hard place, but I'm just like, it also kind of sucks. Like (laughs) my best friend and I constantly for years have said to each other, like one day we're going to laugh about this. Like one day this will be funny. And then we're like, one day we're going to be laughing a lot. But like right now it all seems really hard. So I just want to check in with you, like where you're at. What do you want this space to be? Like if you're listening to this podcast and you just like listen to it randomly, like great. But like maybe think about joining Patreon, not to get me rich. Like Patreon is not getting me rich. Like it's, helping pay my bills. Um, But like maybe join Patreon and we can be a part of this community together. Or maybe we can be asking these questions together. Like, hey, I'm in my 30s too, or I'm in my 20s, or I'm in my 40s. And I don't know how to meet friends either. Like I'm in between churches and I don't know if I want to ever go back to church. Like I don't know what to do with that. Like I feel like I've gone on 50 bazillion dates and I put in my 10,000 hours and it seems like it's working for other people and it's not working for me. I think a huge reason why I haven't wanted to share where I'm at with you is because it makes me feel like such a fraud. Like I've been coaching online dating for five, six years now and my clients get results and like I've been doing all the things and why isn't it happening for me? And I wonder if like one of the invitations that God has for me and well, not I wonder, like I do feel like I've heard this very clearly from God saying like, would you just stop doing and would you just let me do this for you? Like all your striving, like, yes, put yourself out there, be intentional, work on your stuff, like go to therapy, like do the coaching, do all the things you're doing, but like, let it go and let me do this for you. Like, can you receive from me? Like, I am so hellbent on not wanting to be in my own way that <laughs> I've become in my own way. There's like no space for God to move in my life because I'm like, God, I got it. Like, I'm doing the one, two, threes, the ABCs and the seven hacks and I'm being intentional. And again, like, what's the space in between being super intentional and then like being totally like in victim mode about life, love, career, finances, relationships? think in every area of my life, God is like saying like, hey, come with me to the in-between. 
come with me to the space between the two extremes. It's not black and white. It's really full of gray. It's going to feel really uncomfortable. You're not really going to know what to do with yourself. Maybe you're not going to know how to make friends. Maybe you're not going to know how to build a community because it's so new. Like there's no framework, but isn't that what you were trying to get away from was like the framework and the structures? So that's where I'm at this Sunday morning. That's all I got for you. All right. Bye.